From the birthplace of radio's greatest era. Now, from New York, it's Radio Night Live with Kevin McCullough. Unlike anything else on radio today, it's a front row seat for great information with today's leading experts. Travel with a third generation travel icon, Linda Perillo. The Fox News Medical All-Stars featuring Dr. Mark Siegel, Dr. Marty McCary, Dr. Jeanette Nishwat, and the OG, Dr. Nicole Sapphire. Legal analysis from former prosecutor and court journalism superstar Imran Ansari and Christine Nicholas. The quintessential heartbeat to New York hospitality. All Joining legendary broadcast pro Kevin McCullough on a mission unlike any other. United to bring back New York. Now, live from Studio 111, here's Kevin McCullough. All right, Kevin McCullough and Imran Ansari. It is a legal night. Welcome to Radio Night Live. We are glad to have you with us. And uh, Imran, it's always good to see you on a Thursday. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always excited for uh, our uh, little Thursday night. Uh, sessions about the yeah lots to talk about this week and we've got some big uh, trial stuff to talk about some kind of groundbreaking stuff in michigan we'll get to uh and a lot of the presidential front and we kind of knew that once we hit this kind of stage of the calendar there's going to be a lot of updating on these uh, different trials and stories and things and just within the last week you have the immunity decision come back from the dc court you've got the biden uh, document uh, handling uh, report that has come out. And then you've got now, as of today, you've got um, the uh, Supreme Court paying attention to the arguments related to whether or not Colorado can just randomly take someone off the ballot um, if they've met all the conditions to be on there. <clears throat> so it's kind of interesting where we stand. Let's start with the Supreme Court stuff. Earlier today, the former president uh, said that he actually was watching the proceedings and to quote him, he said, I just finished watching it. Um, he said, I consider this to be more election interference by the Democrats. That's what they're actually doing. But the good news is we're leading in every poll. And he says, I call this a beautiful process. I hope that democracy thrives and will continue in our country. But he's, he called the opening arguments of the Supreme Court case a beautiful process. Imran, I'm sure you've been to the Supreme Court and witnessed when they start uh, arguing a case. Take us in the take us behind the scenes. What's it like? Oh, arguing a case in the Supreme Court. I have not had that opportunity yet, but Kevin, I am admitted. But you've witnessed uh, it. Yeah. Oh, so I've witnessed it. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, of course, uh, the day I was admitted to practice in the Supreme Court, which was a, a, a great experience. So I am admitted to the bar in terms of uh, uh, able to I would be able to argue before those justices, if I uh, have the opportunity. Um, it's wonderful uh, to see that uh, at play because there's a lot of formality and 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 pomp and circumstance in many ways to it because you're you're arguing as an attorney before uh, the highest court in the land. You know, it's something that uh, uh, it, it doesn't happen every day. Um, and you see the attorneys approach and you see the, uh, the judges up there um, on the dais uh, and in their, uh, you know, on the bench. And uh, you hear the arguments, you see the, the questions being handed down by the various justices. You, you know, you uh, as an attorney, maybe interrupted by one of the judges uh, with a question. So take us, yeah. But take us behind the scenes. How is it different from like the court that you argue in? Because you're dealing with one judge. One side makes an opening argument, the other side, then you start calling witnesses and then you make your summations. That's how the trial goes, right? Right, a trial. So okay. So when you're at the Supreme Court, it's not one judge; it's all of them. And do you just get up and start making a speech, and then they stop you when they have a question, or like what's the what's the layout of the actual proceeding? Sure. So, and I'll give you, you know, sort of percolate up the the, the courts. You could do an oral argument, not a trial, but oral argument in uh, the state trial court, right? And it's you're presenting your argument on a motion. Uh, as to a legal issue for your client and whatnot to the judge and the judge may interrupt you ask questions then let's just say there's an appeal now you're you're uh you're you're doing an oral argument on an appellate brief and now at least let's just say new york you're going to have three judges uh potentially you know hearing your case uh and then you could take it up to the the court of appeals uh and then you have again um multiple judges 
sitting on bonk hearing your appeal. So those are more akin to what you would see in the Supreme Court, which is all the ultimate, the last stop, so to say, on an appeal in many circumstances. Um, and what happens? Yeah, you you start, you have your your argument ready for the court. You have the cases you're going to cite, the points you're going to make. You, you start off, may it please the court. Uh, and that is your opening uh, statement with the formality to the court with great deference to the bench. But the judges, they know, they've they've read your brief, they've read your opposing counsel, your adversary's uh, brief. Because you have they, to turn all they, that in ahead of time. Yes, they you got to put that in. It's fully brief. They have all the papers. They likely read the brief uh, beforehand. Uh, they probably caucus, actually, amongst themselves uh, before the argument. And they know what questions they need answered. So you may be a few lines into your argument and you think you're going to get through all these <laughs> points. And then you're going to be interrupted potentially by a judge saying, OK, counselor, counselor, that's great. That's what that case said. Or that's what, uh, you know, you may be arguing here, but blah, 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 blah. Um, and that may happen in rapid succession from a number of judges and you have to be on your toes. You got to be thinking on your feet uh, and you have to uh, really be uh, ready to prepare for what you're going to say, but you have no idea what to prepare for where they may go. Like you're, you're really as the, as the counsel, you're, you're, you have to be much broader in terms of what you can actually discuss because they're going to, they're going to be ready for you. Yeah. You got to know your case. You got to know the law. You got to be prepared to answer the questions by the judge. Uh, and you need to sometimes be able uh, to concede something uh, in order to maintain your credibility before the court, right? Okay, you know, Your Honor, you're right, and we, we're not contesting that, or we concede that, but here is why you need to find uh, for my client, uh, you know, and find this way. So it's it's really thinking on your feet. You never know what the judges, uh, you know, are gonna ask you. You may have an idea just based on uh, the understanding of the case, and you don't know the temperature of the bench, right? That's why they call it a hot bench. Uh, there's that phrase, are you facing a hot bench? It means, um, are you facing uh, a panel of judges who are now looking to grill you, you know, and not be, you know, not be, they want to pepper you up. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sometimes they're not, you know, throwing softballs at you, but they're, they're looking to uh, really uh, maybe strike you out if they don't agree with your position at the outset. So let's take the Trump case in particular, that this particular case involves the um, attorney general, I think it's the attorney general for the state of Colorado, who uh, kind of just randomly said, well, we're going to defend the 14th Amendment. And so because of the 14th Amendment, we're not going to allow Trump to appear on the state ballot for the GOP primary election. Um which has always been my understanding that it's up to the rules and processes of the GOP to decide who they allow on the ballot and not on the ballot. And that the attorney general doesn't, uh, uh, or secretary of state, whichever one it is in their state doesn't have uh, a real say in that. Uh, but in this instance, the secretary of state for the state of Colorado said, no, we're going to, we're going to usurp this and we're going to, we're going to do this. And that's why they've now taken this case, the Trump people, and the and the GOP from Colorado took this case to court uh, saying that he's the leading candidate. How can you deny voters the right to vote for somebody that they believe has a good shot at actually, you know, winning? Um, and they're saying now I'm reading one report that says that the ruling on this may come down just within days. Um, how often is it, Imran, that number one, the court takes a case like this that is obviously very timely because we're in the primary cycle, but then they come back with a decision in, in days instead of weeks. Cause some of the biggest cases that they decide each year, they take months and months and months to think through before they release their, their rulings. Kevin, this, I mean, this is a very time sensitive ruling, right? Because we're, we're chugging along uh, in the uh, 2024 election cycle here. We need answers um, as to the elig eligibility of Trump to be on that ballot and, you know, the, the states and if there's any other, uh, you know, uh, jurisdictions that are looking to do something like this, uh, need the guidance and if this is something that can happen or not. And I think you're going to get a, a swift decision from the court because you need that clarity. And also, I don't think the judges and the Supreme Court necessarily want to wade too deep into this question. What do I mean by that? is that i don't hey, hold, hold that, that I, thought what a perfect tease because we got to take our first break and if you want to if you want to know what imran thinks you got to wait till after this commercial break stay here
You have all helped support my pillow and their employees in these tough economic times. Mike Lindell knows this and continues to give back to listeners with deals on his most popular products. You've heard me recently speak about the My Slippers, Giza Sheets, My Pillow 2.0, and more. Great news. The My Pillow 6-pack bath towel sets are back in stock. They are extremely absorbent yet still provides that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. Regular price is $79.98 for a limited time. You can get this six-pack towel set for only $39.99 with promo code Joe P. That's a 50% savings. Go to MyPillow.com. Call 800-651-0798. Use the promo code Joe P to save 50% on the MyPillow six-pack towel sets. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. All right, Kevin McCullough, Mike Connors, back with you to answer one of your real-life questions. And, Mike, this week's question comes from Carol from Middle Village. She says, if I pay all the bills for my mother and her house, can I be paid back when she dies? I'm assuming she means from the estate, Mike Connors. What's the protocol there? Well, the, the simple answer is yes, but Carol, depending on your family circumstances, how many other children your mother has, who she may leave the house to, you better document these transactions. Now, if you're an only child, the documentation doesn't have to be too much. But if you have three or four brothers or sisters who fight over everything, everything should be clearly documented, paid by check, approval by your mother, you know, so forth and so on. But Again, yes, she can be reimbursed, but again, if you're going to have brothers and sisters who don't necessarily get along, we better have good documentation. Yeah, that seems common sense, Mike, for anybody that you may be helping who's in late stage of life if you're in this situation. Yeah, I mean, you keep records. Pay everything by check. Don't pay by cash. Um, And you'd be surprised how many people do pay things by cash and then can't remember what they paid. Yeah, that's or, you know, a year later. It's a little hard to keep track of that way, for sure. Well, if you've got a question similar to Carol's, or maybe it's completely different, call 718-238-6500 and talk to Connors and Sullivan today. There is no better law firm on planet Earth when it comes to estate care, uh, elder law, all the things that uh, you need to be aware of for end-of-life planning. 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. And if you've got a question that you'd like Mike to answer, uh, send it to askmikeconnors at gmail.com, askmikeconnors at gmail.com, and then be listening not only with me, Kevin McCullough, where he answers a question each week, but also on his own broadcast, Saturday mornings at 8 o'clock on AM 570 and 102.3 FM, The Mission, WMCA, and Sunday mornings starting at 11 on AM 970, The Answer. Mike Connors, thank you so much. Thank you, Kevin. Cats and Cosby, weeknights at 5 on AM 970, The Answer. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Charlie Kirk doesn't see work from the RNC. The RNC and the regime, they're lazy and complacent. They don't want to be excellent. They don't want to flourish. They don't want to be great. And that culture is all throughout the RNC. They just are kind of okay with being mediocre. They're not trying to be the best version of themselves. They're not hustling. There's a lot of people that just want to work in politics. The Charlie Kirk Show, weekdays at noon, right before Dennis Prager at 1 on AM 970. The answer. Our hosts tell it like it is. No safe spaces here. AM 970. The answer. What a little moonlight can do. It's Radio Night Live. Here's Kevin McCullough. All right, ladies and gentlemen, when last our intrepid hero, Imran Ansari, was about to spill his guts on what he thinks is going to happen in the Supreme Court, we had to take a commercial break. But we're now back. Imran, you were saying that there is some kind of reading of the tea leaves that you're you're doing based on other rulings that the court has made regarding political activity and this is certainly a political question um and that's where we had to take a break so pick up on your thought from there yeah no my my thought is that i think that they're going to put uh trump back on the ballot there in colorado um and i say that because i think the the court is apprehensive with the idea or notion that one state could so dramatically affect a national election uh, and I don't think that they want to set that precedent. It's a it's an uncomfortable precedent uh, to have out there. 
uh, when you're looking at a national election like this and you can have states which fundamentally could change the election by keeping a, a candidate off the ballot um, in one state or multiple states, you're going to change the, the, the national elections there. And I think that um, and I all right, the 14th Amendment argument is out there for uh, those who are supporting Colorado uh, in that decision. But um, I, I could see that the, the court would be apprehensive in making a decision which would uphold so that. for people that yeah. are just playing along at home and haven't studied all the things in detail fourth 14th amendment is the attempt to say that uh trump was found guilty of participating in an insurrection against his country and therefore he's ineligible to run for president ever again um isn't it a bit of a legal challenge for those people that hold that view that there's been no finding of fact that trump in fact has been found guilty of participating in an insurrection and isn't that kind of like the bare basis of what these nine judges are going to be asking i mean i could be reading this wrong but i think even somebody like katani jackson in just from the pure reading of the law standpoint is going to say well the bare minimum of what is necessary to to prove the standing in this case has not been met or am i just uh reading this wrong no i think you're going to see potential uh uh more liberal judges uh especially i think like some a judge like kagan you know maybe um looking at this and saying you know it's not there like we're not gonna right. we're so not it gonna could be a nine, this could be a nine zip type of uh, ruling at the end of the day it could be there's you know there's some venom obviously uh for for trump but the supreme court really shouldn't be um letting those feelings uh you know interject and partisan politics you know that's what roberts uh is saying you know constantly that you know the the, the Supreme Court's not there to, to make these decisions on a partisan basis, but under the law. And right. uh, I think that when you take it down to the law, looking at the, uh, the, the, the state's powers versus, you know, a federal election like this and whether uh, a, a singular state can can sort of wade into the uh, election, I guess, without input or insight from Congress with some sort of legislation like that. I think that's where the Supreme Court is going to be apprehensive in letting this stand and you're going to see him back on the ballot. I think it could have been different potentially for Colorado if the uh, Justice Department had not waited until the final year before, you know, of the election before they brought all these cases. Like I, if you had if you had been able to get a jury to convict him in, you know, year one or two. Then you've got something on the legal record that said, well, at least in this case, he was found guilty of blah, blah, blah. But the fact that they waited and waited and waited and you don't have any type of legal finding. And I personally, it's my own personal opinion that the president didn't participate right. in an insurrection. But yeah. the, the your, to your point, it shouldn't be the opinion of a judge on whether or not trump did this or that what should be the yeah. opinion of the judge is did the actions taken by the secretary of state match what the law is with with kind of blinders on that would would it affect everyone in the same way right and you're saying you think that that's going to come back in uh trump's favor and he's going to be put back yeah, on yeah yeah and 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 you know kevin while these arguments were were going on i've been uh you know uh, neck deep with with uh, meetings with a client on a big case, so it's not like I was doing the play by play. But <laughs> while we're talking, I just quickly brought up uh, to see if I could find some quotes from today, uh, and I guess I called it because uh, in terms of Kagan, uh, Kagan said, "Quote: Why should a single state have the ability to make this determination, not only for their own citizens but also for the nation?" Uh, Justice Elena uh, Kagan asked, saying that it seems quote uh, that quote seems quite extraordinary so you know uh, that's i think we don't know what and it's not that the justices always like sometimes they act like they play their hand and they decide opposite of the way their question leads so that doesn't necessarily that. mean anything I, yeah, but i think I, her question is a legit one and i doubt that the that the attorneys for colorado had a very good answer to right. it and i and i wanted to bring that out and 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 with that caveat often judges when they're questioning from the bench will throw that sort of question to the attorney uh which seems to be indicating that the judge may be siding with them but what the, the judge is trying to do is just elicit the response uh and 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 have that attorney articulate um why that favorable ruling should be in or you know in their favor or why that mindset or that opinion or that uh, argument uh they you know uh, should stand and they're trying to elicit that 
that substantive addition to that. So that may be the case. You know, it could be that that sort of uh, very common technique that a judge may do from the bench, whether you're in the Supreme Court, even in the trial court. Uh, and we'll have to wait for the decision. But I still think that that question coming from Kagan, which, who, who is someone who I think would have uh, that sort of question, is indicative that the, the, the Supreme Court uh, is not willing to give the state that power and they're not willing to wade into that territory uh, where a national election could be somehow, yeah. um, you know, called. Well, it's or- not even necessarily the whole state of Colorado. It was the Secretary of State's office. Right. Um, because I think even the Colorado elected um, officials had differing opinions on uh, whether that sh- should have been done or not. So that's in, that's a very interesting development. We will watch that. There's going to be lots more of where this came from because Trump's got a lot of stuff going on in different courts uh, right now. Um, I want to move just for the last minute before we take our next break um, over to the story about Biden's White House or um, documents, sensitive documents that he had. Uh, they've just concluded the report. And they're expecting to make it uh, available. Uh, the wording is imminently, which could be, you know, any day now. Um, and the the Biden administration has made the determination that they are not going to claim any um, executive privilege over any of the content in the uh, the report itself. I'm just curious. Do you think that uh, that that is significant, or do you think it's kind of like okay, they're not going to claim privilege? Um, what, what, what's your, what's your take on the, the decision by the white house to say that they're not going to take privilege? Well, I think it's indicative that they want the, the transparency here, right? You know, you're in an election year and let's just say this report uh, comes out and they're claiming executive privilege over it. And there's large swaths of it redacted or, you know, uh, not released. That wouldn't be good, uh, election season decision-making in my opinion, right? Because you're, you're automatically, you're looking guilty, whether yeah, something's guilty. Exactly. Or and you're providing a lot of fodder for the other side to, to be pointing at that and say, what are you trying to hide? You know, Joe Biden. And it's, yeah. uh, it's, it, it would they be probably are yeah. rolling the dice and saying, we'll live with whatever bad stuff's in there. Um, and that would be better to live with than to make it look like there was much worse in there. And go that route so yeah. i kind of i kind of get it all right when we come back uh get a little closer to home on a couple of uh, important issues don't go anywhere it's legal night he's imran i'm kevin so glad you're here with srn news i'm keith peters reporting special counsel robert Hur on thursday released his long-awaited report on president biden's handling of classified documents concluding that Biden had willfully retained and disclosed highly classified materials when he was a private citizen. The report also highlighted Biden's confusion and significantly limited recalls of events related to the documents, saying he came across in interviews as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. The Supreme Court seems poised to reject attempts to kick former President Trump off the 2024 ballot, with conservative and liberal justices in apparent agreement in a case that puts them at the heart of a presidential election. A definitive ruling for Trump, the leading Republican candidate for president, would largely end efforts in Colorado, Maine, and elsewhere to prevent his name from appearing on the ballot. More details at srnnews.com. Hi, it's Mike Gallagher. I hope you'll join me on a cruise to Alaska over 4th of July. It will be an adventure of a lifetime. Book your cabin today. Call 855-565-5519 or online. Just go to PatriotsAlaskaCruise.com. Want more AM 970 The Answer? Go to am970theanswer.com to listen live. Tune in to podcasts from the shows you missed anytime you want. Learn more about our advertisers. Join the AM 970 fan club and sign up for events. am970theanswer.com. IT Professionals has multiple openings for software developer. Modify complex apps programs from detailed specifications and code, test, debug, document, and maintain those programs using various techs. Job locations in Parsippany, New Jersey, and various client sites nationally. Mail resume to MBIT Associates, LLC, 90 East Halsey Road, Suite 360, Parsippany, New Jersey, 07054. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. 
For 25 years, Invite Health has been leading the way in wellness with our extensive line of dietary supplements. With our brand new state-of-the-art website, we now offer new everyday low prices. Save even more with our brand new subscription plan. Stay tuned to learn about new and exciting offers and services. Remember, free shipping on orders over $35. We have made it our business to support you in your health journey. From everyday health tips to detailed genetic testing, Invite Health has a team of experts to help you achieve your health goals. Reach out to us now to speak to one of our nutrition experts or to schedule a consult by calling 800-673-2345. That's 800-673-2345. Or go to invitehealth.com. Contact Invite Health today to learn more about getting healthy and staying healthy. 800-673-2345. Or go to invitehealth.com. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Wish there was an easier way to navigate the world of real estate. If only there was a way to learn from the best. Well, now there is. Saturdays at 10, our very own Dottie Herman, Vice Chair of Douglas Elliman, gives you the inside track to what is hot in real estate. Stay one step ahead in today's seller's market as Dottie gives her tips on how to make it through the tricky waters. Doesn't matter if you're new to the game or a seasoned vet. You need to listen to Eye on Real Estate. Dottie and her team of experts will guide you as sellers and buyers to make sure you're getting the best value for your property. Whether you want to become a real estate agent or work within the business, there is no better person to learn from than the great Dottie Herman. Why? Because she is the best, period. (laughs) So tune in, Eye on Real Estate, Saturdays at 10 on AM 970, The Answer. That's Eye on Real Estate, Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock on AM 970, The Answer. Breaking news and local news. Find it on our website, am970theanswer.com. And now, from New York, back to Radio Night Live, here's Kevin McCullough. All right, don't forget, coming up, uh, we've got uh, the Esquire etiquette tonight at the very end of the um, of the evening when uh, Imran takes his time to uh, tell us something that's helpful to our own legal lives and how we should uh, go about that. Um, Imran, there's lots of stuff going on in the um, in the New York metro area, too. And, but I want to I want to stay here in New York for a second, because everybody saw those um, terrible videos of the of the four Venezuelan migrants um, beating up the NYPD in Times Square and but before the inks dry, you know, like within just a little period of time, they're back out on the street, flipping off the camera, going, no speak English, you know, Espanol only. And like like having attitudes with uh, people that were asking them questions. And I guess now one of them has been indicted on a, a whole bunch of charges uh, related to things that he's been involved with. But where does where does this stand and what's kind of the latest on uh, the justice, even for the officers in this case? Um, and what's going to happen next? Well, you know, there's a uh, this is screaming assault in the second degree to me, which is a felony for uh, assaulting a police officer like that. So what they're going to have to do, meaning they uh, the Manhattan DA's office and, you know, Alvin Bragg's getting uh, some criticism on the fact that these individuals were uh, released like this, even though, you know, the judge and his bail reform laws well, bail reform. What's their it. option? Exactly. I, mean, I was going to say legit you know, question. What else right. should they have done if they were following the law? You no, know, exactly. I mean, was, the bail reform laws is why uh, someone facing a felony assault charge um, would really probably. And, you know, remember, bail is set if you're a flight risk. OK, so this isn't a, a migrant who literally is is uh, the embodiment of flight. Right. They've been fleeing the whole time and they have fled here and they may flood flee again now that they're facing felony charges but the da's office is going to present this case to the grand jury um i would imagine i would hope so uh due to the assault on the officer and uh if they're able to come back for their arraignment on the indictment and they're not to the wind uh they would be arraigned on those felony charges well it's it's um it's one of those things where and and this happens every now and then because there's really good things happening in our city, and we really do have we're we're on the upswing. We're we're you know getting back to close to what pre-COVID activity was in terms of tourism and uh, the things that we want. But you know it only takes one story like this, uh, kind of 
you know, parked in Times Square somewhere for a lot of stuff to go south again. People say, well, I don't know if I want to go to New York because it's so dangerous. And, you know, why should I be there? Right. And now can, with congestion pricing may be coming in. And, you know, there's just all the, there's always like this, like next shoe that drops. But it is a very concrete picture for New Yorkers to see on their television set, you know, on the news, in the newspaper, to see these pictures and to say, we have a broken crime system. Like the, the, the crime in our city is like, we got problems. And it's also a poster child case for the people that oppose the Biden mig uh, migrant policies, which have continued to just allow people to just come by the millions. I think we're up to like 9 million apprehensions with maybe another one to 1.2 million gotaways that we don't, we're not familiar with where they went or who they were. Um, you're talking about 10 million people that are here and not all of them, but there are enough of them pulling this kind of nonsense that, you know, everyday Americans are going, I, I don't, this is not going to, this is not going to work for me. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. And you, what we're dealing with here, Kevin is sort of policy and infrastructure and, and you know, this is, the fact that we're here in New York and we're it's a, a sanctuary uh, city, you're going to see this all sort of blow up. Uh, and we're what happens, right? You you, you got to look at the immigration laws from a national standpoint. You got to look at how we handle this from a city standpoint, state standpoint, and infrastructure wise. Um, and you know, real questions need to be answered on how we're going to go forward. Uh, given the fact that this crisis is is present, because this is uh, what we saw in Times Square, uh, what we saw in terms of, uh, you know, the whole snatch and grab on scooter uh, thing that, you know, the NYPD went and made arrests on. Um, and I do want to point out, I just when I said the, some of them fled, uh, I believe some were apprehended uh, in Phoenix and then brought back for arraignment. But, yeah. um, you know, you're going to have to you're going to see more and more of these issues uh, because. Let's just say some of these individuals, if they're they're here, they're getting desperate. Um, you know, our infrastructure can't support them. Uh, and if they weren't already, uh, you know, cr criminal minded, they may be forced out of desperation to maybe steal and these sort of low level crimes or, or something else. So we have to be realistic about what we can handle here in the city. Anyway, coming right back. He's Imran. I'm Kevin. Don't go away. Hey, it's Joe Piscopo. I just spoke to my friend Alex Cancella at Route 22 Toyota in Hillside, New Jersey. He's so excited. He and his team have finally got some aggressive financing rates available on new Toyota vehicles. And it's just in time as Route 22 Toyota's President Day savings event is going on right now. They're offering select new Toyota models at 1.99% financing for up to 72 months. 1.99% is amazing. And that's why Alex and his team at Route 22 Toyota are excited excited give them a call at 973-705-8905 to learn more about their president's day savings event so call 973-705-8905 and ask how to take advantage of the 1.99 percent financing up to 72 months plus check out all the amazing vehicles route 22 toyota has to offer they're right in hillside new jersey and don't forget to tell them joe piscopo sent you financing available for qualified buyers on select new toyota models through tfs subject to primary lender approval expires february 29th, 2024. Hello, this is John Leventhal. I am a partner in the law firm of Idala, Bertuna and Kamins. I have been a lawyer for 43 years, including 13 years as a trial judge and 13 years as an appellate judge. I have presided over almost every kind of civil and criminal case, and I have seen litigants facing almost every legal problem you can imagine. What is the most important thing for a litigant to do? It is to obtain the right lawyer, someone with the ability to navigate you through the court system and achieve the best possible outcome. At Idala Bertuna and Cammons, that is what we offer. When I was on the bench, Idala Bertuna and Cammons earned the reputation of being the boutique law firm that fights passionately for their clients in the most professional manner in both civil and criminal cases. I am proud to be a member of the Idala Bertuna and Cammons law firm, where our lawyers will give you the powerful representation you all deserve. 
Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Horizon Media LLC seeks an associate director for analytics in New York, New York, to create frameworks to structure, execute, and evaluate marketing measurement initiatives. Salary is $136,219 to $145,000 per year. Apply now at jobpostingtoday.com, reference number 30282 for consideration. Again, reference number 30282. Hey everybody, Charlie Kirk here. You've heard me talk about Rough Greens and how it literally is helping thousands of dogs feel better and live longer, including my dog, Mr. Briggs, who loves it. Naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black, who created Rough Greens, is also an Airborne Ranger, a Green Beret, and Vietnam-era helicopter pilot. An amazing background. But he also loves dogs so much that he's now totally committed to helping as many dogs as he can, because he knows that dogs need nutrition too. You've heard me say that dog food is dead food, but Rough Greens has essential vitamins and minerals, omega oils, digestive enzymes, probiotics, and plenty of antioxidants. Dr. Black and his dogs are offering a free jumpstart trial bag so your dog can try it to get back their energy, improve their elimination, and get rid of the itching and scratching and bad breath. Get your free jumpstart trial bag and all you have to do is cover the shipping. That's right. All you have to do is cover the shipping and you don't have to change your dog's food. Just add a small scoop of Rough Greens every day. Go to roughgreens.com slash Kirk. That is R-U-F-F greens.com slash Kirk. America First with Sebastian Gorka. Weekday afternoons at 3 and evenings at 10 on AM 970. The Answer. And now, from New York, back to Radio Night Live. Here's Kevin McCullough. All right, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. Imran Ansari, also our uh, co-host on Thursday night, where we talk about legal, uh, exclusively legal matters. And uh, Imran, you've done a lot of TV. You are on TV all the time. And you've done a lot of TV this week on this case out of Michigan, where a um, young boy uh, performed Uh, a mass shooting. And his parent has now been found guilty in at least a portion of the fault of the mass shooting. So take us behind the scenes. Tell us kind of what the what the the sequence of events were and, and kind of what it all means. Sure. So Ethan Crumley uh, is the young individual. He's 15 years old when he entered the school uh, and uh, shot and killed four of his fellow students. But this week uh, in what is a landmark case. Uh, would be uh, the mother, Jennifer Crumley. She was taken uh, to court on the charges. She indicted for four counts of manslaughter, um, each each one an involuntarily manslaughter count for each of those four uh, children who died. Uh, and a jury convicted her on all four counts. And it's a landmark case because it's the first time that a parent uh, will be held responsible for the actual murder. Now, in school shooting cases, there's been parents who have been charged with child neglect and uh, thing, you know, other lesser crimes like that, but never for manslaughter, which is essentially convicting uh, the parent for the murder itself. Um, this case was watched by all, you know, a lot of people who are interested in in the way uh, the law will handle the parents of school shooters. Um, it's interesting uh, in the sense that the uh, the theories that the prosecution gave to this jury, right? They gave two theories, and one was uh, the failure to perform a legal duty. The other one was a fa- uh, gross negligence, uh, and they found guilty on those theories because there was just a slew of evidence against this mother, um, where she saw. A text message to her. Basically, this child was crying out for help, asking both her and the father, who's going to be tried in a separate trial down the line, uh, for help, wanting to go see and talk to someone. He's hearing voices. He's seeing ghosts. And they basically laughed him off. Not only that, they bought him a gun uh, in the November before the shooting. Not only that, she's called to the school the day of the shooting. They say he's drawing pictures of guns and things like that. Uh, and she should take him home. Instead, she says she can't she go back to work. And later on, the shooting happens. Uh, and there was a lot of testimony that was pretty damning against her. But you have this conviction. And it's really going to signify the way the law can handle um, parents of school shooters if it's proven 
that they were grossly negligent or they failed to act. Yeah. See, I think that on the and and guns are such a touchy issue because there are people that are like uh, Second Amendment uh, absolutists. There are there are people that are Second Amendment um, antagonists. They don't they don't even want the Second Amendment to be in existence. And I think that the majority of the country probably wants a combination of something in between. But I've always thought that when you have um, situations like this one and you can notably define and almost trace around the outside of the picture how bad the uh, the adults around this person that, that use this weapon uh, behaved, that they do share some sort of culpability in it and that maybe there is a, um, a remedy for uh, people that so so what we want to do right is encourage more responsible independent behavior as opposed to uh, you know uh, blind conformity blind conformity right. doesn't change hearts but if you get people to understand that hey the decision i make about you know what i get my kid for his birthday or for christmas it's going to matter and i don't want to i don't want to be you know held responsible for his actions if he makes a bad decision that right. encourages, by the way, the parent to do a lot of good things. Raise them right, first of all. Uh, don't be giving them things that they, you know, can't handle and aren't uh, mature enough to be able to uh, deal with. And you know, to think ahead of time, to to think what are the consequences. Um, I, it's kind of this is kind of uh, personal, but I I, th I think it's appropriate to to tell here. Uh, not long ago, my bride and I took a little trip. And we had a nanny that came in and were with the kids. And before we left, um, and and my nanny uh, knows how to handle firearms. She's certified and she's she's all good. And so uh, I, I told her, I said, you know, uh, this is where I keep my legal firearms. Here's the safe and the access to it and all that stuff. Um, the kids don't know anything about where that is. Nobody, nobody knows how to get in there except my bride and me and and the nanny when we showed her. But the idea was, it, it's not going to be out and laying around and easy for people to get their hands on. But if something happens and you need it, we, we are armed in our house. We we believe in that. And uh, I even went so far as to not just clear it with her, who is a fully functional adult. I called her dad, who runs a security company, and I said, hey. Uh, I just, you know, do you have any issues with me making sure that she knows where it is and knows how to, you know, use it? He goes, oh, yeah, she's certified on the nine millimeter. It's no, no big deal. So at the end of the day, I'm still thinking about the outcomes of what happens if I don't handle that responsibly. I want the right to defend my family, but I also want to make sure that I've properly prepared everybody in the cycle to know how to do that um, lawfully and thoughtfully so that you have a better outcome and this is what we need to be encouraging in the culture parents that take responsibility for their actions absolutely and and kevin on this jury so this was a, a michigan jury uh there's a lot of gun owners on that jury I'm sure like, yep there was a you know hunting is a big sport up there so a lot of the legal commentators were were sort of speculating that you would have uh, a decision in the favor of the mother and they wouldn't uh, convict her because they were gun owners and they want to respect that. But um, I was saying, well, you know, exactly that. I think it's going to lead to a conviction because more likely than not, uh, those gun owners on that jury are responsible gun owners and they just may be aghast, if not insulted by the lack of care and, and safety uh, exhibited by these, uh, you know, the mother and also the father, who's still still an allegation stage because he hasn't been convicted yet. Um, but he he's facing his own trial. Just the facts don't lend itself to someone who is owning a gun responsibly. And I would imagine gun owners uh, feel that those who are careless with their guns um, give them a bad name. And it, you know, works against the the advocacy for, you know, gun ownership and possession in a safe manner. So, uh, you know, I thought that it was going to be a conviction and, and the jury came back in about two days uh, with that conviction. Yeah. All right. He's Imran. I'm Kevin. Esquire Etiquette. Our final segment is next. Stay here.
Hi, Kevin McCullough. Wish there was an easier way to navigate the world of real estate. If only there was a way to learn from the best. Well, now there is. Saturdays at 10, our very own Dottie Herman, Vice Chair of Douglas Elliman, gives you the inside track to what is hot in real estate. Stay one step ahead in today's seller's market as Dottie gives her tips on how to make it through the tricky waters. Doesn't matter if you're new to the game or a seasoned vet. You need to listen to Eye on Real Estate. Dottie and her team of experts will guide you as sellers and buyers to make sure you're getting the best value for your property. Whether you want to become a real estate agent or work within the business, there is no better person to learn from than the great Dottie Herman. Why? Because she is the best. Period. <laughs> so tune in, Eye on Real Estate, Saturdays at 10 on AM 970, The Answer. That's Eye on Real Estate, Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock on AM 970, The Answer. How do you feel? I feel great. One of the reasons I believe I feel better is because I take Balance of Nature's fruit and veggies in capsule form. They've got an amazing story of how this product was developed by Dr. Douglas Howard. It's right there on their website. You should check it out. Balance of Nature gets over a thousand success stories every single month. They have hundreds of thousands of customers who've purchased billions of capsules of their fruits and veggies over the past 20 years. Check that out on their website too. Their products are gluten-free and non-GMO and they contain no added sugars or synthetics. I think if you're looking for something to make you feel better naturally, you should definitely give Balance of Nature a try. In fact, order today. Whether you order online or call them direct, you must use the promo code MikeG to get the special offer of 35% off. Call 800-246-8751, use the discount code MikeG or order online at balanceofnature.com, use the discount code MikeG to get 35% off. 800-246-8751 or balanceofnature.com. This is Albert Moeller for townhall.com. The big news over the last week is American military strikes undertaken against the proxies of Iran after the fatal attack upon an American military installation known as Tower 22 in Jordan. The deaths of those three American military personnel pushed America over a very important line. The administration knew it had to act, and it finally did act, but it's acting in a way that is confusing. Iran has been doing its provocative work in recent months with deadly effect. They have been for a long time a malignant force in the Middle East. Iran wants to eliminate Israel from the face of the earth, and it refers to the United States as the Great Satan. Recent headlines have been applauding the Biden administration for their restraint up to this point. But let's face it, that kind of restraint is only effective as military action if it turns out to actually restrain evil. Right now, it looks like the restraint is more on one side than the other. I'm Albert Moeller. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Brandon Tatum is next on AM 970, The Answer. Once again, from New York, here's Radio Night Live and Kevin McCullough. All right, final few minutes with Imran Ansari, and uh, very glad to have had what a what a informative, knowledgeable, educational hour. At least for me, on Thursdays, I feel like I'm a kid going to school, and Imran just teaches me all kinds of stuff. I hope that uh, you have a similar experience. Anyway, Imran, it is Esquire etiquette time. Uh, what is on the teacher's slate today? So I always like to uh, give the Esquire etiquette uh, somewhat inspired, if you will. Uh, from some of the cases that I'm handling at the uh, the, the, the present moment. Um, and I want to talk about uh, sexual harassment uh, and also inappropriate touching. It's a sensitive topic, uh, but uh, it is something which uh, fuels a lot of lawsuits. Let's just say that. Um, and, you know, if you find yourself in a position where you feel that you have been uh, sexually harassed or inappropriately touched, and it could be in a workplace setting, or uh, it could be in a setting where, let's just say, uh, you go for physical therapy and you're, you know, working with a physical therapist and uh, you feel that a line has been crossed. You should not remain silent. You may feel embarrassed by it. You may feel that uh, rather than being the victim, you may feel that you're to blame. Uh, but you should uh, certainly um, not feel that way if you're sure about what's happened and it's clear. Uh, and you should call an attorney uh, because there's certain time frames and statutes of limitation and certain evidence should be preserved or claims made. 
um, if you're a victim of such. And not every little action, um, you know, could rise to the level of being unlawful. Uh, and you need an attorney to really analyze the situation uh, to let you know if you do have a potential lawsuit um, or if you're going to make a claim with the EEOC or one of these organizations or agencies, I should say. Uh, but you need an attorney. And if you feel like your rights have been violated and your body has been violated, essentially like that, um, you should definitely speak to an attorney. Yeah. Well, that's uh, uh, that's always good advice. And uh, friends, I'm I'm always a big believer in kn- knowing um, how to be prepared involves knowing what you don't know. And if you have questions that only a lawyer can can tell you, find a lawyer that you trust. And if you're if you don't know of any personally, call up ABK. There is no better um, firm in the in the city that handles um, uh, civil litigation and criminal processing than Arthur and Imran and the entire team at uh, ABK Law. And uh, just so honored to have Imran as my uh, partner in crime. Pardon the pun here <laughs> on Thursday nights as we uh, have a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, I, I just, I, I think you can't go wrong, as he said, just by arming yourself with the facts and being prepared and being ready. Uh, Imran, any big cases you're working on this uh, next couple of weeks or so that we're going to find out about? Yeah, no, I have a, uh, an, an appearance and potential argument on a case where we are suing, uh, the hip hop artist Drake for copyright infringement. Wow. you know, so are you representing a, a different artist in that? Yeah, case? yes, I'm representing a uh, a different artist who is a uh, successful artist in his own right uh, in the country of Ghana. So uh, a is dealing with a sample, uh, and that's indicative of how. Wow! I, when this case is finally where to you, you're allowed to talk about it. I have a lot of questions for this because I worked for years with and around the music industry okay. uh, and I've, I've just I've always wanted to pick someone's brain on some of those issues so maybe yeah. some, somewhere down the road we will we will talk about music copyright infringement and absolutely uh, the, the fun things <laughs> there Imran have a great week uh, friends stay with us tomorrow night uh, Christine and the gang the fun Friday crew will all be here and uh, look forward to seeing you then so long so long